The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, so last week we had all kinds of content to talk about. Then, you know, we, we finished recording the next day. I'm working on the show, and the news breaks that Bischoff and Heyman are back in the WWE, and they are in charge of some, of some shit. And so rather than re-record parts of the episode, we figured, hey, let's let it mellow. We'll wait a week. Everybody else will react, and then we'll come in and we'll talk about it. So what do you think now, you know, about a week removed? My first thought was, that's an interesting move. Uh, did we forget about Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane? <laughs> that was my first initial thought. I was well, like, oh, well, we're Maybe just... we didn't. Maybe they had well, their chance. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So something happened there. I don't know what if it was either, you know, something that they approved. Like, yeah, hey, you know, Triple H may have said, I just want to focus on NXT, build that out. And Shane goes, I'm not really into that anymore. I'm focusing on other things. I'll still be an on-air, you know, on-air character. And Stephanie was like, no, nah, fuck that, right? I, I don't want to work for Vince in that way. I don't know. But something happened there. So that was my first thought. My second thought was, okay, let's wait and see. Because one thing in that press release that it made sure it was clear about is that both Bischoff and Heyman still answer to Vince McMahon. It wasn't a, hey, so Vince is going to be transitioning out of this role and, you know, looking into XFL and all this stuff. It was like, hey, these two people are going to be doing this. But remember, remember, it's yeah. Vince McMahon who has final say. So I go, well, what the hell does that mean? And then my third thought was, Let's be positive and patient, and let's assume that it is Heyman having the control he needs for Raw and Bischoff having the control he needs for SmackDown, and we see their visions of pro wrestling in 2019. So let's just assume that. I think it's a perfect move for both guys. I think what they want Raw to be is a more Raw show, and Heyman is a perfect fit for that. He knows how to blur the lines, get up right to where the sensors get a little. A little like, hey. Yeah, sweating a little bit, but mm. then not going over the line. And then I think it's perfect. I thought of the two, the real perfect fit is Bischoff overseeing SmackDown as SmackDown moves over to Fox. You're going to have a guy who knows what it's like to answer to the Ted Turner TNN, TNT people of the world. So he's not going to be a fish out of water where I think even though Paul Heyman had a deal on TNN, it's a different level than what Bischoff was dealing with having meetings right. with Ted Turner. So I think Bischoff, again, if we're assuming that they have the control that they need, Bischoff is a more suited director or executive to walk into those meetings talking on behalf of WWE with Fox executives other than Heyman. I thought the placement of both guys were, were really uh, strategic and really well thought out. Again, though, let's see, because it said, as I mentioned, Vince is making the final call, and we know what that really means. We heard the Dean Ambrose podcast, and we've heard CM Punk, and we've heard some other people, AJ uh, Lee in the, in the past. So we have some reports that maybe Vince isn't the easiest to just sign off on anything. We'll see what their vision looks like in 2019. What did you think? I agree with you on most of these things here. The individuals placed on their respective brands obviously is a good fit for each of those gentlemen bishop this is what he does he's done network television he's done cable tv he's done movies he's done like he has a media production company was the bulk of his wealth anyway 
So this is what mm-hmm. he does, and that's great for that move over there. And you're right. I mean, nobody can do Raw better than Heyman, I, I, I would believe. The reason I think they, A, yes, anybody that would be the executive directors of these two brands is still going to answer to McMahon. I think they put that in the press release because people were going to ask that question, right? So mm-hmm. put in what they're going to ask. But, yeah, I mean, I do believe that some of these are guys that he will believe and he'll listen to argue with him. If that makes sense. That means mm-hmm. at least he's got to recognize that he needs to be argued with a little bit, I'm hoping. Let's hope, helps. yeah. We'll see. The Triple H thing, I think, also that allows him to stay the the version of that on, on NXT, which has done really well. And you, I mean, I don't know that you want to mess with that. Something was needed. This is definitely a splash if it's what it says to be on the surface. We will see, I guess. The Spanish announce table. Explosions kicked off the night time. I mean, not necessarily, but uh, there was a raw got a little raw there for a second, and it was unexpected for me because here's what's going on. I've got it playing in the kitchen on like our Google uh, Home Hub mm-hmm. while I'm doing some cleaning. I'm my daughter's in trouble, and I'm having her do some dishes. I'll, not as a punishment, more so that's just part of her thing. And I'm kind of talking to her, and it's kind of playing off on the side. And I hear explosions, and Corey Graves go, "Holy shit!" And I went, "I'm sorry, what?" And like <laughs> I just, I was like, "Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And things are going crazy there kind of backing off and i'm like wait a minute so it took me a good couple seconds to realize that this was you know once i see like okay they're still showing their bodies laying around i was like all right i get this if this is what we're gonna start getting with Heyman, great because i was worried with the intro i was like yeah maybe Heyman hasn't started yet they're still presenting it like it's same old same old which you know as we move throughout raw throughout the night i mean that there is some of that sure but uh, this was this was new and fresh for sure it felt new and fresh. Now, peeking behind the curtain, I have seen through my Twitter feed that maybe this was done because next week we're getting a brand new set on Monday Night Raw. So this was a way to get rid of that set, make it more safe for the superstars. I don't know what they'll say, but that's the rumor I've read just circulating through my news feed on Twitter. But to your point, yeah, the holy shit caught me off guard too. The thing that I definitely loved and this was the same when Batista attacked Ric Flair for Ric Flair's 70th yeah, birthday right. is it was this organic looking, oh shit, we've got to catch this. Not, hey, isn't that convenient that we were just right here, right, right when the yeah. attack started? Yeah, you see a guy picking the camera up. Yeah, yeah, a guy picked up the camera and ran to get a shot. Then they used a camera shot that we've never seen before, like this eye in the sky uh-huh. that they just stayed there. They were silent the entire time after the explosions and all that went off after the holy shit comment so yeah it was a different shot and like you said someone was pulling their camera off the ground to run to get something very chaotic and not planned it had that sense of pun intended rawness to it and and it was great it was a cool first let's start off the show the one thing that i've noticed from the responses that i've read from viewers of the program though is the attitude is a little bit changed, right? Six weeks ago, if Vince McMahon does this, right, we don't know that Paul Heyman took over Raw. We just go like, oh, so where's the payoff? Braun Strowman does another thing. Because Braun Strowman's done crazy shit in the past, right? He tipped over an ambulance. He ripped off doors and thrown them at people. This could have been Vince's idea. Right. But now that we've said it's a Paul Heyman show, everyone goes like, yeah, see, now we're getting back to ECW. And it's like, you jack-offs, 
You well, got one bit of information, and now your whole attitude's changed. Again, I thought it was a great segment, but instantly people were like, oh, we see Heyman's influence. It's like, did you not see when Braun Strowman threw Roman Reigns, who was stuck to a gurney, like, off of a cliff or whatever it was? Like, he's done this shit before. There's also, that's ignoring the fact that Heyman has been involved in talent development and creative for quite some time now. So his fingerprints have already been on things. Yeah, watch any of those like 24 sevens or 365 specials on the WWE Network. He's talking to everyone back there. Yeah, he's talking right. to Alexa Bliss. He's talking to uh-huh. Becky Lynch. He's talking to Seth. So yeah, he's been around. Now it's just made an announcement. But I just thought the attitude of the show from the viewer was interesting to see just that was oh man now this is totally Heyman can't wait for the future and it was like nothing outside of one storyline that I imagine we'll get to was outside of the raw perspective the Spanish announce table Samoa Joe is the best microphone artist in what the wrestling industry I wouldn't say he's the best but he's definitely the most believable right there's a difference some people have a little bit more coherent point a to point b to point c and now I'm interested in your match on Sunday but Samoa Joe has this like I don't know if you were supposed to say that Joe real quick who's the best off top of my head I go with Xavier Woods. I always feel Mm. like what Xavier Woods says is not written. It's, this is very genuine. And I say, collectively, you could say the New Day. But of the New Day, I feel like Xavier Woods is the best Mike guy of the three. Because I always feel like he has these quick zingers that doesn't seem like anyone wrote it for him. He's so natural and and just charismatic. Because I think... Towards the end, John Cena was the best guy on the mic, and I think it was because he was fearless, right? He didn't worry that if he messed up, something was going to happen to him backstage. He just said, I'm off to Hollywood, so I'm going to just grab this microphone and say whatever the fuck I want. It didn't seem like the ha ha ha, you know, when bad guys uh, always scoff, you know, or laugh at the end. Like, that's the worst. John Cena didn't have that. Xavier Woods doesn't have that. And even Samoa Joe doesn't have this. What about Owens? Kevin Owens is another amazing one. Yeah, I would put him in that same class. Zayn? Yeah, Sami Zayn's great, too. Sami Zayn as this is great. Sami Zayn babyface, even though I think he was the most likable babyface, didn't have that. Sami Zayn had a little bit of the, like, ugh. And Joe has that a little bit, too, in his mic work, where it's, at the end of the promo. It's like, why are you growling? There's that, too, yeah. He does over-exaggerate some facial expressions, but he does give you that Breaking Bad moment, Mm -hmm. right? That legitimate, like, this guy might rip my face off. Yeah. And I thought this segment was really well done. I, I love basic storytelling, right? One of our best storylines from last year, I think think it was or maybe even the year before was the velveteen dream alistair black and nxt and it was all just based off of hey just respect me and my and say my name and this segment now i don't know going forward if that's going to be the tone that they set here but this segment alone was shake my hand just shake my hand kofi kingston just like nah and you brought it up in a great column that you have on SpanishNounceTable.net on your recap of smackdown but that like boyish yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Like, right, yeah. I don't have to. You know what yeah. I got? I got the belt. I'm the man. Like, right. But it's not the, I'm the best, like this alpha male thing. It was just like, guys, I'm the man. I don't I don't want to shake your hand. The only thing that I'll criticize him on, 
and it was very minor. But the way he flipped off Joe yeah. looked like a fourth grader who just figured out what the middle finger was. Yeah, it's like it was his first time doing it, which yeah. it might have been. It been. Yeah, <laughs> it just didn't seem as believable, but it plays into the character a little bit. Like you said, he's not the alpha male, stone cold Steve Austin, you know, stern middle no, finger right He's just in your very notes. confident in his athletic prowess and his abilities. Yeah, but I thought the segment was fantastic and it was a great tone setter. Now there's a little bit more. More onto why Joe attacked Kofi, Kofi's beef with Joe. I like the legs that they've built on this story. I do too. And and it is that. I like how he was, you know, he referenced the callback of, oh, you're going to mess with my family now. I know why you're doing that. And I like how he was like, of course we go there, but we can also say, hey, we can, I can make sure they're safe even. All you got to do is that deal with the devil, right? Like, hey, I'm going to stab your family or I can keep your family safe. You shake my hand. Hey, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 whoa here. Right? I don't like, like no, either I don't of trust these you. Yeah, right. I don't trust you if I shake your hand that you're not going to kill my family. I want to go to our Tweet the Tables. By the way, follow us on Twitter, at uh, Table Show. Use hashtag Tweet the Table with your any wrestling thought. We might read some right here. We might. I want to stress that very heavily, right? We run this shit. We but we definitely shows. read them. We definitely, we definitely read them. them. We will respond. We love you. We like all of them that you send us. Every single one of them that you send us, we like them except you. You know who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. I wonder who's sitting out there like, God damn it, I know. Someone starts know. sweating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew they didn't like me. They still hold the grudge. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. Just use hashtag tweet the table. We'll read some right here like we do with uh, at B double D. That's B underscore double underscore D E E. In case anybody wants to follow, it's audio podcast. I know you can't see what I'm looking at. Says, Kofi's got to stop coming out throwing his pancakes around. It's unbecoming of a champion. I mean, Ric Flair never went around throwing his wiener. Never mind. Carry on. Hashtag tweet the table. But again, I think it's still fitting the character. He's still being who he is, and he's still holding his own out there. Like, he's doing fine in those promos. It, do it doesn't feel like he's shook necessarily trying to remember his lines all the time. Like, I feel like he's confident in what he's doing out there. He's not the most over charismatic everybody's got to look at me when i'm in the room guy mm -hmm. but yeah fine neither was aj styles early on i always said right. i was like i don't know look at this guy i think the pancakes is good i might sound like this is a contradiction but i've always said about how kenny omega and the young bucks do the hadoukens or these moves that are just take me out of watching a wrestling match it it, it takes me out of the moment right but you can still be playful outside of the ring. Inside of the ring, I want to make sure that it looks like a punch that would hurt or a move that would hurt. But outside of the ring, to me, and this is for me because pro wrestling is big enough to where we can all hang out in here. But to me, you can be a champion and still be playful, right? You can still throw the pancakes. You can still take the sunglasses off and give it to a fan before your match. Like that stuff to me is is cool and okay. It's inside the ring when you're doing uh, a sweet shin music, when you just kick the shin and that's supposed to drop the guy. Like that's when we're like Eugene kind of area. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Santino Morella. Like yeah. what the fuck are we doing? I am tired of the concept of the arm drag and the arm whips being like a very devastating maneuver. Oh, right? trust me. We've said, yeah, we've said this. The, the, and my favorite pro wrestler. 
Well, my favorite pro wrestler, Sami Zayn, he does this all the time, and it's one of the things that I don't like watching. But the I'm going to grab your hand, smack you on the chest. We're going to run together to this turnbuckle. I'm going to run up the turnbuckle, and then I'm just going to softly throw you uh, to the other one. Right. What? That doesn't fucking hurt. hurt. Right. No. I'd do that a hundred times a day. I do that more than fucking burpees. That seems more enjoyable than a burpee. I do that to clear my sinuses. Fuck yeah, is wrong exactly. with you? <laughs> yeah, but going back to to the tweet the table, I, I think Kofi Kingston throwing the pancakes and being playful, I'm all right with. It's okay. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, we were treated to another all elite wrestling event. They do do a good job of that. They get online, they put something out. I mean, there is no reoccurring weekly TV shows yet, but they still do manage to give you at least some idea of some reason to care. Well, and they, even though they do not have that television right now, they do put out their YouTube videos being the elite. They put out Cody Rhodes episode one of upcoming pay-per-view. So they do things to, to get you at least, if you want to, there it's out there. The cool thing that I thought was this was a free event that you could watch if you had the Bleacher Report live app. And signing up was free. It didn't cost any money. You didn't have to put a credit card or anything. You just signed up and you could watch Fighter Fest for free. And I thought that was really cool. What were your initial thoughts? thoughts what'd you what'd you come away feeling after the event was over i come away with the feeling that professional wrestling has been taken over by comic book and video game nerds i would agree as at least with the hardcore wrestling fans right you can still get the celebrity hey lebron james thinks this is cool he shows up to a wrestlemania kind of thing but yeah that hardcore who are you other than just a pro wrestling fan i'm a comic book fan i play you know all those stuff it's been absorbed into the whole comic-con world now i will say this this event was in conjunction with ceo which is a video game convention so sure there were elements of that just by nature because of who they were partnering with so i'll give the uh, benefit of the doubt for this event specifically that it was you know a little bit more nerdy because of that yeah the previous one was less so that's true right now Where I come away with my general thoughts is there is a ton to like with All Elite Wrestling. Darby Allen, I think, or Darby Allen. I don't exactly know how to say his last name. He's a psycho. I like him. Joey Janela, I've always seen him from afar. And whenever he went viral with, you know, fell 700 feet from a building, I saw that kind of stuff. But I never really saw him wrestle. This was the first time. And he held his own with John Moxley, who's considered, you know, a top 10 industry best wrestler. Uh, so that was impressive. Guys like Hangman Page, I was invested in. MJF, like I keep saying, every time they have an all elite wrestling, he's just the man. I just like him. Cody, I'm buying more and more into what the Cody character is. I still don't understand if this is a baby face or a heel, but I like it. There's that charisma. There's that almost intercontinental champion Randy Orton swagger that he has to himself that I really like a lot. There's a ton to like. Now, saying that, there's also a subsection in All Elite Wrestling that I do not like, and we've talked about it almost to nauseam, but... I'll give them, again, the benefit of the doubt because it was a video game convention partnering with All Elite Wrestling. But the Young Bucks coming out as the Street Fighters 
and Kenny Omega coming out as some other video game character. I thought was neat, right? Rey Mysterio dresses up as a superhero for every WrestleMania, so I'm okay with it. (laughs) But where it jumped the shark for me is again, I'm I I think I've just come to the realization that I just don't enjoy watching how lucha libre has evolved to i'm gonna hold on to the ropes while you go up to the top and then you do seven flips and you know hit me with it while i wait for you i don't like that but where it jumped the shark for me is when they threw him into the ring or threw him into the ropes and they did the hadouken all three of them did the hadouken and it dropped them i was what are we doing now because now i can't take you serious Right? Like, now I can't take the stake serious. Now this is a comedy match. You might as well have Eugene out there hitting stunners and rock bottoms because you, you've jumped the shark. You're supposed to suspend your disbelief, obviously, because, you know, the super kick wouldn't be landed all the time in a real fight. And I understand that. But when you're doing Hadoukens and it's dropping people, then I'm just out. I just can't do it. Yeah, I know. And, and everybody's stretch is different. Right. So I want to a lot. Like I said, there, there isn't this like, well, that's not wrestling, I guess, in me. It's just that I'm like, I don't get why you think this is cool. I just don't get it. And I'm not going to get it. Like, there's no, you know, that's a hard thing to explain to somebody, too, why you think something's cool. And I, I do understand that as well. So I don't want to give them too much crap. And them being the the comic book nerds, uh, if, if I'm being, you know, blunt, but I just, mm-hmm. it is that much. I can't take you serious now at all. And I know maybe it's not all intended to be taken serious, but if your young bucks are your tag team champs, generally that's designed to be taken serious, right? Which obviously this is an AW doesn't have tag champs yet, but everywhere right. they've been, they've been the top dogs, right? But if you're, you reduce to this comedy show, I can't take it serious. I can't buy into this is uh, a big stakes consequences are on the line when Hadoukens and weird stage moves are being performed. That's where I'm just out. I will say, though, even though Kenny Omega did the Hadouken and that kind of made me check out with that match specifically, I do like that they are building a little bit of a story here with both events. Double or Nothing has John Moxley come out. He gives uh, his finisher the paradigm shift to uh, which I like the new move or I like the the new name of the move. He gives that to Jericho and then he beats Kenny Omega's ass. Right. I like at the end of this show, Kenny Omega gets his ass kicking in on Moxley as like a thanks for doing what you did to me. Now I'm going to do it to you kind of thing. And so I like that. That left with a where does this go next kind of thing. We have All Out. I know we have a fight for the Fallen, but their match is going to be at All Out, which is essentially their next big pay-per-view. That gave me something to look forward to. I will credit them on that. I will also credit them on they got rid of that horrible uh, ring announcer. I can't remember his name, but that guy sucked, and he got replaced by Golden Boy. Golden Boy wasn't horrible. Definitely better than – Whatever that Alex guy was, that fat guy that just didn't yeah, know anything. That reminds me of in-ring announcer Justin Roberts. And it hit me, and maybe I knew this before, but I forgot, that I think that guy sucks. I don't like his voice at all. I don't like the way he says things. Yeah, he's bad. I, he's terrible. He's a wrestling fan, so it's cool. Neat. You took a picture with Stone Cold when you were 14. We've had this conversation a million times, and it needs to be said here. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean you get the job. My grandma is the greatest person in the world. If she got the job to coach the New York Knicks in basketball, she should be fired after 
one half of a basketball game because she wouldn't be a good coach. Right. She's a great person. That doesn't mean she gets jobs because she's a great person. Makes no sense. I don't like that. Yeah, Justin Roberts and all that weird stuff. Yeah, I hate the way he'll like. First of all, he threw like three Y's in the name John. Like, what the fuck? Now let's get into that. Let's get into that. Let's leave on a positive note with our recap of Fighter Fest. I I think we're both in agreement. The main event: Mm -hmm. John Moxley, Joey Janela. Yeah. Now I checked out and I almost said, I almost texted you this, but then I erased it as soon as that Moxley Janela match started. But I go, I don't know if this is for me. I think Cody's cool, but if the young bucks are going to be positioned as the main event, all that stuff, I don't know if this is for me, but then as an old ECW at heart, you know, that's my, that's my baby and always will be. They hooked me back in with that hardcore match. Jesus, did they get hardcore? Yeah, that was intense. Um, I also do want to give a shout out. Yeah, Darby Allen, you're right, uh, impressed me very much, and I'd never seen him before. The Cody Rhodes chair shot, because that was an, an accident and it was kind of unexpected, and kind of everybody was like, whoa, was that meant to be unprotected? It kind of has overshadowed the fact that Sean Spears came in and did yeah. a heel turn and hit him with the chair. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of forgetting that. So there's an interesting angle there. And that's, they're positioning him pretty high then to be doing this to Cody. And there's seeds planted to that. So if you follow Sean Spears on Twitter, you'll see he tweeted out a part of one of those YouTube videos, Cody Rhodes saying, oh, Sean had a, essentially this is the, the backstory to it. Sean had a promo video that he signed with All Elite Wrestling. It's shown, and then you see that Cody Rhodes is watching that video, and then Cody's reaction to his executive or partner or whoever that guy is, he goes, man, that's really good. He'll be a good hand. I think he'll he'll teach the young guys a lot of stuff. Essentially just dismissing him as like a real player in the right. in the in, that's, that's on the cool. roster. And so Sean Spears shared that essentially saying, like, this is why I did it, because this motherfucker doesn't think I'm worth his time. So I like that. Before we get back to that Joey Janela John Moxley match, because we will dive into that a little bit deeper. The unprotected t- chair shot. This is one thing where All Elite Wrestling confuses the shit out of me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm confused all the time, which maybe that's by design. We have the event. Then we do these like post fight news conferences like they do in the UFC, which is fine. But sometimes they're in character and then sometimes they're not. And I don't know what's going on. Like MJF comes out and he's like, Sean Spears is an asshole. And I'm paraphrasing here, but Sean Spears is an asshole. If he ever beats up my friend again, you know, I'll punch him in the mouth. I want to fight him next chance I get. But then you have Tony Khan and the young bucks Mm -hmm. saying, oh, that was supposed to be gimmicked. We gimmicked that chair. So wait a minute. You knew that Cody was going to get hit in the head with the chair. Then Young Bucks, why didn't you stop them? Yeah, there is no clear... It sounds like they're allowed to just go out and do what they want. Which is fine to a certain point, but then as an audience member, I don't know what you're ever saying to me. And that's not a good thing. I should at least know, like, this is storyline... And oh shit, this isn't. Yeah, how about if you have real press there? You don't do the gimmicks. Yeah, if it's real press asking real questions. What was the yeah, attendance Sports tonight? Sports Illustrated is there. Yeah. You do the gimmicks. Yeah, fightful.com. <laughs> they're there. Answer it as who you are. But if you're doing gimmicks, then have an all-elite wrestling personality interviewing you or something. It just I don't like that at all. I like the post-fight news conferences, but pick something. 
either pick being in character or pick doing it as a shoot. But don't blend the like, I want to beat him up, but that was a gimmick chair. That that makes no sense. You guys are you're you're talking out of both sides of, of your mouth, and that makes for a confusing product. But anyhow. John Moxley, Joey Janelle. Okay, so I think the big spot, at least for me, is Christ Almighty. Joey Janela gets his shoes and socks taken off of him yeah. and goes feet first into thumbtacks. Oh, yeah, thumbtacks. Oh, and how cool of a first. spot. How cool of a spot was after John Moxley hits his finisher on Joey Janela, he spits a thumbtack yeah. out of his mouth. Oh, that was so cool. And they did it, they did it really well to where. You know, one of my criticisms, if you go back and you watch the ECW matches of Sabu versus Terry Funk, for example, is there was a lot of like big spot, right? Like I'm going to throw you into the barbed wire, but now let's kind of hold each other's heads and we're going to move to the next spot. And then we do that spot. This one was a wrestling match that also had hardcore elements. I enjoyed how they put together the match. And it, again, it wasn't just spot, spot, spot. Oh, that makes me cringe. That looks like it hurts. It was a wrestling match. And oh, shit, did he go back first into barbed wire? It was really well done. I thought it was their best all elite wrestling match outside of, you know, a straight one on one competition that they've had in their two shows. Now, I know it's only two shows, but I thought it was the most impressive match they've had so far. I agree. And Moxley, he's doing well in in that, right? Like he's keeping the attention out. He's He's keeping up the... He's, he's living up to the hype, if you will, of being that, like, hey, you got to watch this guy. Like, look what he'll do. I just worry, yeah, does that company having to continue to now push the envelope to get weirder, to get harsher, to get heavier, right? It's the it's the Mick Foley routine, right? Like, at what point does he got to damn near kill himself because we're, like, seeing it? Right. I will say, though, it was a good tone setter. It was a good tone setter, and it was a great first match because – it was reestablishing who John Moxley was before he went to WWE as his hardcore icon yeah. on the Indies. And the match story was very simple and something I could understand. It was a little weird, but that's okay. But it was essentially like, I'm crazier than you. Let's prove it. And I like that. Simple. It's a little out in left field. Just two guys, you know, playing catch by themselves. But okay. But they're just proving who's the weirder one. And man, did they did it. And I even liked after the match, John Moxley on his Twitter account, they still had blood on their backs and, you know, on their faces and they're exhausted and beat up and bruised. And they're just sitting next to each other because it was not a blood feud. It wasn't a, oh, you wronged me in, you know, right. November. Fight I have to, to the get, death. Yeah, we'll fight to the death. It was just, I'm crazier than you. No, you're not. Well, then we're going to find prove out. it right now. Yeah, let's yeah, go prove in this it. sanctioned. And, yeah. beat down right and so that's what i liked about the match it was unsanctioned because AEW's like hey you motherfuckers are too crazy for us but it wasn't a blood feud but again it got those elements because they're like no i'm more i'm more insane than you are and so i thought it was perfect and again at the very end kenny omega getting his comeback on john moxley to end the show as john moxley did that to kenny omega previously Thought that tells a good story going forward. So all around, I'd give it a B. The only downside to me, those young bucks, they suck. The Spanish announce table. Okay, Tom, you ready? You ready? Mm-hmm. I said, are you ready? I believe so. Too sweet me, bro. I don't do hand gestures. I'm an adult. The club is reunited. In WWE, AJ turned heel, uh, put the smack down on the ricochet. 
What are your thoughts? I think they listened to the podcast because if you remember when Raw uh, got AJ Styles as the new draft pick when they were doing the Superstar Shakeup, I said, I want AJ Styles to turn heel and wrestle Ricochet. So I think they're listening. Thank you, WWE. Yeah, thanks. I thought this was perfect. The thing that I actually took away from the whole storytelling and segments that they did is holy fuck, did they smack the shit out of each other? backstage i mean maybe the mics were just in the perfect spot to catch the the sound of it but they cupped their hand and smacked the hell out of their neck and ear that hurts if you never had that happen don't have it happen but if you want to have a friend do it to you and you'll realize how bad that hurts i thought it was perfect because you thought maybe aj styles was going to realize that he was being lied to by the club because the club embellished what ricochet said yeah I thought we were getting face Ricochet and AJ versus the club. Yeah. Right. The good brothers. Yeah. But then AJ Styles was like, oh, my friends here think I am a pussy. Guess what? This guy behind me is getting his ass kicked. He turned around and And it was a good way to have that match told too. Because AJ beat Ricochet, but then Ricochet's foot was under the rope. So AJ Styles can be like, I've beat you twice in a row. I don't care what that foot under the rope says or what whatever that rep says i've beat you two times in a row but then ricochet leaves with the title and says aha i still got this title so i thought it was great all around well it was very relatable right it was very middle school uh, mm-hmm. cafeteria right like hey man he said something about you and then you're over here going hey man he said something about you and then fight fight and be like man you can take that from him man that's fucked up man let's beat his ass right like you started because right. you're just playing your guy and that could come out later Right, like AJ could later see that they do this to him, and that's when oh my god, T Mac story time, real quick. Let's just have AJ and Ricochet go through a couple matches. At the end of a knockdown, dragout fight, AJ and Ricochet shake hands. The club comes up and was like, AJ, what the hell is that? AJ goes, I know what you guys did this entire time. You guys were screwing me over, trying to get me to fight Ricochet. And then the club can be like, oh, you caught on to us? And then that's when Finn jumps AJ, and then we get the real club. That's the real club. And they all go to two sweet each other, but, you know, those guys are tall, so they got to look up. Yep, they got to look up. And then they're standing over the broken body of AJ Styles backstage, and all three of them go like this. And then Finn can say, you were never the leader. I'm the leader. Just something like that. Battler Club is for everyone except you. I love that. Yes. I love that's a what he says. Finn Balor. He was like, "Don't you know, AJ? Balor Club is for everyone except you." The Spanish announce table. Okay, we are still doing Seth and Becky, Lacey and Corbin, uh, but we got the Canellis clan involved here. And boy, that took a left turn in Albuquerque. So we had mentioned about Paul Heyman, you know, the attitude of the viewer saying after that first segment, oh, this has Paul Heyman all over it. And I didn't buy into it because, like I mentioned, Braun Strowman's thrown and wrecked shit for for months now almost years but this segment here had a paul Heyman influence this felt like beulah mcgillicuddy is pregnant in ecw and raven is thinking that it's stevie richards stevie richards getting his ass kicked beulah stops the ass kicking to tell him it wasn't stevie richards it's tommy dreamer tommy dreamer comes for the save And there we go off to the races with a new layer to the Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. 
I'm not saying it's going to be as good as that, but a pregnancy, but not this like fairy tale second pregnancy story is good. I like it. We're writing oh, yeah. off. I I essentially think we're writing off uh, Maria to give birth to a second child because I think that is legit. Yep, but then we're giving is. Mike something to do where he could be in distraught. He could be pissed off something. And now we got him moving forward. So yeah. I like it, actually. It was great because so she shows up and I'm like, oh, I'm like, OK, here we go. So another couple that makes sense. They're around. We get it. But then she's coming out with zingers that are making me like, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? She's like, mm-hmm. I pushed a baby out of my uterus. You know, what I mean? like she's throwing that out. She was like, how about my bitch? versus you and yours i was like wait a minute what and then the whole thing when she's like you can't even mop the floor at home how could you get me pregnant you can't like i mean i was just like wow they really just let it fly and she was fun i was like damn why she gotta go away like i want more of her on this show yeah and but i don't know the interesting part is then how do you go moving forward because I thought possibly, like I mentioned with that ECW angle, we would have gotten a kayfabe, it's not yours, it's Mm -hmm. this wrestler, and then we can get a this guy versus that guy over a woman storyline. But it was just, I'm pregnant, you're not the man, the only man here tonight was Becky Lynch, and then she just walked off. So where do we go from there? Well, so I know they just signed big like five-year deals, right? That happened not too long ago. So I'm hoping, I don't know when she told them, but I'm hoping this wasn't a, ha gotcha. I'm hoping they knew, and maybe that's why it's so long-term. Maybe now we're, you're getting why it was a five-year, because we go, okay, hey, give us this nine months or whatever, a year. I wonder if Vince is like, you're getting your damn tubes tied after this, because do they have some of the weirdest stories in their WWE career at all now? They immediately come back, and then he's gone for rehab, and then she, and then, like, that's happening, and then she's gone for pregnancy. And then they're back, and they have this little mini thing, and then this. It's just like, man, you think they're having buyer's remorse at WWE over this group? And possibly, right? But then on the other turn of the coin, Mike and Maria are like, this is fucking awesome. I got rehab for free. <laughs> yeah. I got a fucking pregnancy I'm getting paid. These motherfuckers are dumb as shit. Hey, what else can we do? You know? Uh, let's have another baby. Baby. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. Tim, I got some really cool news. Some news broke in the world of pro wrestling. It's not major news, but it's definitely major news if you've been a longtime listener of the Spanish announce table as a longtime friend since day one of this podcast. Big supporter Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez has now made his Evolve debut after going to a seminar that was held by Roderick Strong and being picked out of a group of 33, he was the only one to make it and then made his debut at Evolve 130. Let me set a table here for you, right? We, in three weeks' time, it is Wednesday, July 3rd right now. In three weeks' time when we sit down to record on July 24th, that will be the sixth anniversary of the first posting of the Spanish announce table. Mm-hmm. Six years. After that date, we had Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez on the show at some point. As a wrestling fan, yeah, an MMA fighter, right? Was not even wrestling then and was new to wrestling fandom and is mm-hmm. now 
this. He went from my white belt. So we made up this belt system because, uh, as you guys do know, who who are longtime listeners, uh, he comes from a mixed martial arts background. He's a professional fighter. Uh, he has done jujitsu the majority of his adult life. So he understands the belt system. So I took him in as a uh, as my first student, and he was. The well, John Cena is obviously the best. Look oh. at all the money he brings in, oh, which God. that is an argument. But you know, as you get into the IWC, you start to understand wrestling from different perspectives. So he was just this you don't know the art exactly, point, right? He just saw, well, the money means that guy, and you're like, well, but there's Seth Rollins, there's da, 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 you know, there's other people, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling, all this stuff. So I took him in as a, as a white, white. Uh, what what what's the uh, the the phrase here the uh, white meat baby face right, wide uh-huh. eyed white meat baby face and taught him the way became my blue belt he is now graduated to the black belt he then transitioned that into hey that's fun on TV I think I can do it started out in the NWL now defunct but started out in the NWL which had TV so he's been performing his entire professional wrestling career in front of a camera like I said went out on his own dime. To Brooklyn, New York, from Kansas City, Missouri to Brooklyn, New York. If you're from out of the country, put it in Google Maps. You'll see how far it is. And for people domestically, you understand how far that is. Went out to Brooklyn, New York on his own dime. Roderick Strong did a seminar and a tryout. So he went through the seminar. Then he does the tryout. Had a tryout match, did a 60-second promo. I was helping him with kind of both stuff with like just my own two cents, right? An outsider's perspective because sometimes you get into your own bubble and then you don't see, you know, you're too far into the woods. You don't see the trees kind of thing. So I was helping him with that. We were texting, FaceTiming. He cut the promo for me just a little bit. And I was like, that's great. You know, work on this here and all that stuff just for my own, again, I'm I'm a nobody in this world. I just do a podcast with Tim and I rant like an old man who's senile. But he does the tryout and then I don't hear from him, right? So he does the tryout at two. He sends me an Instagram video like on the way to the tryout. It says Brooklyn, New York, all that. And I'm like, fuck yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. I think he can do this. And then finally, I just lose patience because I'm not a patient person. And I just FaceTime him. And I was like, hey, man, like what's going on? And he answers it. And for those of you who have heard him on this podcast, he is a, not a shy person. He's very bombastic and outgoing and assertive. And he was weird. He was so weird. He was like, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, T-Mac. How's, how's things? Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. And then he's then I see him talking to someone else. He's like, all right, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it was good talking to you. Uh, okay, cool. See you. See you. And he goes, dude, that was Tommaso Ciampa. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa was just talking to me when you FaceTime me. I was like, well, why did you answer? He's like, Gabe came in and interrupted the conversation, but I didn't want to be rude and walk away, but that's what was happening. I was like, okay, shit, tell me what happened, you guys. I go, what happened? He goes, there's 33 guys. I was the only one that make, made it, and I'm on the show tonight. And Tommaso Ciampa was wanting to know where I was on the card because he was wrestling – or he wasn't wrestling that night, but he was coming out with – uh, someone, you know, and I was like, you're wrestling tonight. He's like, yeah. I was like, on Evolve 130. He's like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was freaking out. I called you. Yep, <laughs> you did call me. I hugged Emily and like put her over my shoulder and ran around with her in the, in the house. I was so pumped. I picked up my dog and kissed her on the forehead. I was so ecstatic. So if you follow any of any of Evolve's social media, you saw that he did a backstage promo after his match. He won his match. He won his debut match in Evolve. Uh-huh. And they announced 
that August 24th and 25th in Detroit, Michigan and Chicago, Illinois, respectively, he will be wrestling on both of those days. So if you're in the area, make sure to go out there. The newest Evolve wrestler, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez, just like you said, six years ago, wide-eyed, no nothing pro wrestling fan just because he lived with a maniac like me and now he is in evolve the spanish announce table i don't know what they were doing there i really kind of don't know what they said but i still liked it anyway and i don't care street profits were on raw what did you think i thought they were used perfect i think this is the way you use nxt guys without now they're on the main roster Again, we've said this since, I think, day one of this podcast. This is a traveling circus, and so people bump into each other, and it would make sense if, and I don't know what city they were in, but let's hypothetically say that they were in the hometown of the Street Profits. Street Profits would be backstage, and they go, so this is Monday Night Raw. Come to my backyard. Mm-hmm. Check out this shit. And they don't do another thing, right? Yeah, they don't there. then have a match. Yeah, they don't then have a match with heavy machinery, but now... The casual Monday Night Raw viewer who doesn't have the network or chooses not to watch NXT because they only watch past you know Nitro mm. episodes or whatever it is, go, well, that was pretty entertaining. So you say they're on NXT? They're in the NXT champs? Well, I got to mm. watch that. And now we're not doing that whole, they're the champs, but on the main roster. So what do they do in NXT? And now they're a different name in NXT than they are on the main roster. Viking experience. And like this whole weird fucking bullshit thing. It's just, hey, NXT guys might show up just to say hi because they were around. And that makes sense. Or maybe they're training with a guy and he says, well, come see me at Raw. I'll show you how they do whatever. I got them backstage, right? Like, yeah, just right. And you could even have, because like I've said multiple times, the constipation on the main roster, you could have the NXT guys backstage getting interviewed by Charlie Caruso or whatever. There's some type of dirty look or whatever. And then that main roster talent, tag team or single, can go to NXT and be like, I didn't appreciate what we did two weeks ago, so I'm here to smack you in the mouth. Tyler Breeze is down in NXT. Why can't we have Apollo Crews go down to NXT for a little bit? Like that's where you can bring these guys into doing some fun stuff on NXT while they're not doing anything on the main roster. Perfect example. You could have a heel. I'm trying to think of a good heel on NXT right now. Who's probably the best like son of a bitch heel drew Gulak, but I guess he's two Oh five live. Anyhow, let's just say it's drew Gulak, right? Drew Gulak's backstage at Monday Night Raw. They interview him. He's done with the interview. The conga line bumps into him. He pushes No Way Jose. Beats him up. Next week. Yeah, beats him up. Next week on NXT program, Drew Gulak goes for an interview in the ring. The conga line comes out. Now we have No Way Jose versus Drew Gulak on NXT. It's not great, but it's not bad either. You know what? I'd like us to find a way to get No Way Jose beat up on every single episode of everything that I watch. No way Jose. I like him. Yeah, I like him getting beat up. The Spanish announce table. Drake Maverick is off on his honeymoon, and he gets to live it 24-7. This is only going to be comedy gold, am I right? I didn't want him to win, though. I really didn't want him to win. I know I pitched this story last week, and I kind of still want that story to to prevail, but I wanted him to go on his honeymoon 
and be miserable. I know eventually here in a couple days we'll get Drake Maverick was on his honeymoon snorkeling and he got pinned in the ocean by, you know, our truth or whatever the fuck we're going to do here. And that's fine, right? That makes me giggle and laugh. But I think one of the best moments on Raw was our truth just putting the title in his face while Drake Maverick <laughs> yes. sat front row. That was fucking awesome. Go with that. For me. For me. And if you like the that we're going to get our truth is going to be fished out of the yeah. ocean and then pin them on a boat, that's cool. But for me, that whole Drake Maverick is so like torn between his love and then that belt. I love that. Here's Here's where this could go, and we could do both things, and it's easier to do it. They go on the honeymoon. Truth chases them. He wins it back quickly, like you said. And then for the remainder of the honeymoon, Truth doesn't have to worry about everybody else chasing him around because they're not there. They're off somewhere in Jamaica right. or something. <laughs> they're in Stanford with a green screen, but they're in Jamaica or wherever they're at. And then he gets to taunt him the whole time doing that, eating at the next table at the restaurant. At the same thing, taking pictures, being like, here, will you hold this and while I take a picture? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff, right? The whole time, then it would be amazing. That's where I want the storyline, and that's where I've enjoyed the storyline the most. And credit to WWE for telling a story that at first just had – a carousel of this guy's champ, that guy's champ. And the first story told with this belt was just watch our truth run. And now we actually have a feud that's entertaining. It's probably, I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like it's the most entertaining title feud on WWE. It it's more entertaining than Finn Balor's um, intercontinental championship. It's more entertaining right now than Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston, the U.S. title did get a big bump, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this has been amazing. The Intercontinental Championship is now the European title. Oh, as regards to storytelling? Yeah, yeah I agree. It's yeah. just not there. Now, maybe it will be. Well, and I'm okay. We, we've talked about this on NXT, how they've done a good job of you don't see – every talent every week and i like that so i don't necessarily need to see finn every week well on every title every week too every you know title I mean? so every for week. a while the u.s titles down a little bit and i see titles more featured and right you know. however from a viewer's perspective he was off tv for a long time and then we just got a little taste of visit nakamura next and then you missed it again. Like yeah, then there's I'm okay with four weeks of just hey, the Intercontinental Championship is just kind of vacant, not vacant, but just not on TV. For example, in real sports with fighting, because that's mm -hmm. the most equivalent to it, the UFC's biggest pay per view uh, is this weekend of the year, and it's a light heavyweight championship fight, and then it's a women men's featherweight championship fight so the heavyweight title isn't on there the welterweight right. title isn't on there the middleweight like you can do the big things yeah. with not having everyone there yeah no I, I mean it's more believable that these guys are and we even talk about they're putting themselves through freight train accidents every day let's we don't have to do it every month like right. it, it wouldn't be that there would be this big title match every month because that wouldn't be sustainable. I just think if we're talking specifically as we transition into maybe a little bit different topic here about the Intercontinental Championship match, if you were going to do the Finn Balor gets walked up on by Nakamura for the first week, then that's let's not then skip a week and then go, hey, remember two weeks ago? It's okay to give Finn the four weeks off or however long he was not on TV. But once he's back on TV, 
then we got to push it a little bit more. Well, and then to wrap up with the 24-7, I, uh, the, one of the best takeaways was that uh, Cesaro got to beat the crap out of No Way Jose, and I'm always happy when that happens. Yeah, and eventually I think this title has to have some legitimacy to it, very much like when Undertaker was the hardcore champion. You know, that's fucking Undertaker. Regardless of if it was Biker Undertaker or Phenom Undertaker, it was the Undertaker. So... I wouldn't be opposed to once we kind of flush out this Drake Maverick, R-Truth fighting over the title, maybe the way that this story ends is someone legitimate like a Cesaro then grabs the belt and is like, you want to run up on me? And they're like, no, 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 we're good. Actually, yeah, yeah we're fine. We're, you yeah, know you what? Wanna, we're going to chase me around. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> like, no, like, we're going to team up and actually go after the tag titles. Like, we're good. We're, we right. figured out that we're, we work better as a team. Cesaro, you go ahead. Well, there's that. I've said, like, it, it would be better to me if, like, we still had it that it could be anywhere, anytime whatsoever, but we, I don't need to see that there's a caravan of jobbers chasing them everywhere into the bathroom, into mm -hmm. the... How about, like, it's 24-7, but it's... I don't know. It's just... There, there could be... You don't have to tell that story that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, at, at all of those moments, somebody's there. Right. Like it, it yeah. can just come randomly is the deal. Well, and I even think a cool story that you can still tell with this title is if when you do give it to a legitimate top tier mid-level uh, superstar, it could change what 24-7 means. It could almost be a workman horse type title right. where let's just say let's give it to Ricochet. Right. So now Ricochet shows up on NXT and has a match to defend it. And then he shows up on Raw and he yeah, shows every up. Show. Defend, He's on yeah, he shows up. Yeah, he shows up for, for two weeks, three weeks, right? And he goes to UK, NXT UK. He goes to NXT. He goes to Raw. He goes to SmackDown. He goes to – because he is at that weight. He goes to 205 Live. He defends it on all of those shows. And then you can get back to the comedy, right? Then he gets – schoolboyed by Apollo Crews. And then we go back to the run, but we need a little bit of a break coming up soon of not everyone's just running after this title. That's what I mean. Like it gets this. The thing is that it's still eligible with the ref 24 seven, but just don't keep reminding me that every time I see this person, that means somebody might run up on him. Right. Yeah. Or not even might will. Yeah. Will. And that's the overdone part. <laughs> The Spanish announce table. Tom, the Undertaker's back. Oh, Christ. Why? <laughs> it took his long entrance now feels like it's long because he can't walk much faster than that. Here's a fun fact. If you caught it on Raw, his walk back to the stage is so long you can do a promo in between it. They did a promo in between his walk, they went yeah. back to Undertaker, and he was just getting to the top of the stage, and then did his fist in the air thing. We need to get Undertaker the Zeb Coulter uh, scooter. Yeah, Here, <laughs> instead of his bike. Get <laughs> yeah, here's how sad the Undertaker character has turned into. Fun fact on how yeah. Emily and I were brought up to each other is uh, Emily w went to a wedding of a coworker who I knew because I went to college with her right somehow they're talking about things and it was a little spooky and emily brought up oh i like the undertaker and then our mutual friend and her husband was like you should meet thomas he's a big pro wrestling mm -hmm. fan and that was kind of like an endearing like oh undertaker brought us together now and i kid you not 
when Raw is on and Emily's reading a book, not paying attention, or let's just say, like, because of this week, we were cleaning everything. When she hears the gong, I'm not shitting you at all. She said, really? That was the first thing she said. She goes, really? It upsets her now. That guy, that character was a term of endearment, a good, nice thing that brought us together. And now we both are like, get the fuck on, man. This is annoying at this point. Yeah. yeah. and, And because he's flirted with retirement for 10 years, it feels like. Remember when he sat all of his gear down at WrestleMania after he lost to Roman Reigns? And then remember how he gave that pseudo retirement kayfabe promo at raw 25 like just go man get out of here stop ruining your legacy again i want him to do this match because i don't want his last match to be that goldberg match but hey man get the fuck out like i'm tired of this right yeah You're just taking up spots that no one wants you in and yeah. it makes no sense. And it makes no sense. So Shane McMahon is this dastardly heel who's just running up and down the roster. He fucking beats up Miz's father. Yeah. Undertaker's cool with it. And then as soon as he messes with Roman Reigns, then that's when he's had enough. It's like, I've had enough. A defenseless- that was the final straw. Yeah, this defenseless <laughs> loaf of bread gets beat up at WrestleMania by Shane McMahon, and you're fine with it. Yeah, but Roman right. Reigns, who will steal your wife, you want to defend uh-huh. his honor? Miz, get out of here. Miz, we, we get him put through tables. and yeah, you know, it's no, fine. It's fine. fine. Fuck fine. that guy. Fuck his dad, too. I don't like him either. That guy's dad owes me money. The Spanish announce table. Hey, Tom, it's been a while. I think I should remind you and the listeners, we've got an Amazon link on our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We sure do. Amazon, where you can get any and everything from home goods to, you know, those lavish expenses. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was going to just say lavish gifts. They have it all. Yeah, Amazon uh, doesn't pay taxes, but they'll give us a kickback if you go through our Amazon link and buy something uh, through the SpanishNoundsTable.net. Click on the Amazon link at the top. And then, as always, you are not affected at your price point, but we do get a little bit of a kickback, which is great for us and great for you because the more money we make from that, we invest into this podcast. Win-win for all parties involved. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Click the Amazon link right at the top. And thanks. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, I guess we're getting the people's champ, Kevin Owens, back. This was odd. This is a little bit out of left field, but he's up in Shane's face calling him a pussy. I mean, not exactly calling him that, but then he's had enough of Dolph Ziggler's shit and giving him a stunner, I guess. Although, so here's the way I'd play this now, right? Because what's Dolph supposed to do? Just be a bitch, right? Like, and just take that? Yeah. Um, I would almost have Dolph kind of be like, Hey, what the, what the hell's the deal? I thought we were like in this, like I wasn't, and he's like, you were going to, you know, like hit me be like, no, I wasn't and, like almost have Dolph kind of be like, no man, I'm on board. Like this is your show. It's my show too. Right. Like I still, I, I kind of want these guys to be something. I, when they were doing their handshake, I was like, I'm all right with this little Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, like little run as a tag team. Well, I liked, I liked that segment specifically because I thought, yeah, we might get this little pairing. 
And then the odd man out is Sami Zayn. Right. And how do we factor in Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' history of love-hate? Yeah. Aren't you my friend? Right. But now right. we have this new friendship of Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler can play it either straight or he could be like the club and say like, hey, Sami Zayn, remember when you were NXT champion and Kevin Owens turned on you the uh-huh. night you won it? Man, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have taken right. that. You're friends with him now? Or he could just be like – we forgive that, right? Like, you guys forgive that, so yeah. we can forgive our fight, right? Like, he can right. just be bringing up shit, right? Be like, but yeah. it's all good. It's in the past. That's how we deal with things, right, yeah. guys? That's in the past, right? <laughs> and even it could yeah. be good things, too, right? Just to play on both emotions, right? So uh, Dolph Ziggler backstage could be like, hey, I think you guys have my back. Remember, Sammy, when you had Kevin's back and you pulled him off the table when Shane was going to give him the big elbow from the top of the cage? That's what you guys will do for me, right? And they're like, oh, okay, I guess. You know, I like that dynamic of like who's playing who, who's really friends with who. I would end it with Sammy Zayn and Dolph Ziggler screwing over Kevin Owens. And then we get the people's fat champ, Kevin Owens, out there running around like a bowling ball as our, you know, savior. That's what I would do. He does look like when you're playing flag football and you get your like alcoholic old friend from high school gets out there and he's like going to take it way too seriously with his beer belly. Well, he looks like every, you know, all state quarterback (laughs) from 1998. (laughs) And then I was a fullback. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I was all state. I set the single season record for tackles in 2006. And like, in, so you can class, see that he moved. Class 3A, Massachusetts. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he moves around. You're like, okay, you used to be an athlete. You're obviously not now. But yeah, I would. Oh, yeah, God. You can see the frame. Like, I could see the frame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just have him be that guy that you see on every episode right. of Cops. Okay. So, along these lines here, and we talked about Dolph Ziggler, we talked about Kevin Owens and the possible pairing. I brought this up because here's a tweet the table I've held on to for a while until it felt like it fit right. And this comes from at bartender underscore all WC. He says, you can take any two singles wrestlers in the WWE. All the brands, your parameters are. They are not in a faction right now. Mm-hmm. They cannot be in a tag team right now. Where mm-hmm. they cannot have been tag team champs together before. Right? <laughs> okay. Who would you like to see as a tag team? Hashtag tweet the table. Oh, you know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. So I responded to it initially uh, on my own account, and I said Alistair Black and Bray Wyatt. But that was just because of ooh, boogie, you know, yeah. uh, scary, spooky guys. I don't know. I'm not doing that. I'm staying consistent with what I've always wanted. You know what I'm doing. Mm. You know what I'm doing. The new Harlem Heat. I'm putting Shelton. Yeah, I'm putting Shelton Benjamin and Apollo Crews together, and I'm having Booker T as the manager. It's the new Harlem Heat. What was up with the Shelton Benjamin thing now that you mentioned I that? I don't know. What, what in the hell was that? Was that? It was memorable. I will say that. It's the most memorable thing he's done since he's re-signed, but Which I don't know. Which was nothing? Yeah. <laughs> it was awkward. Most memorable thing Shelton Benjamin ever did. Was nothing. The Spanish announce table. At Theo75 says on Twitter, and by the way, you also on Twitter can say stuff to us. You use hashtag tweet the table, and we'll read some of them here. We might read some of them here on the show. At Theo75 says, after watching Alexa Bliss 365, I have new levels of respect for Alexa Bliss. Hashtag tweet the table. And I bring that up because, uh, yeah, I mean, she should have, you know, she's 
deserves the respect. She's put in a lot towards this. And then um, this storyline that she's involved in is one of the best written storylines going on. Now, they got a little less subtle with it. They're a little more blunt this week, right? Mm-hmm, Bailey said mm-hmm. straight to her, hey, you're the ones doing this. Why Why? Why aren't you getting the title shot? And then she was like, all right, let's go. I'll, we'll beat you up right now. Right? And so then she lost. Some of that. And then she lost. Yeah. Right. The fi- well, because that's been the classic 50-50 booking, right? So Bailey lost. Now she's got to get the win back. Right. I don't like that. I thought Nikki Cross should have won again. Yeah. And then Bailey's like, all right, you know what? I have to prove to myself that I can beat Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss, go, go walk into the ocean. I'm fucking wrestling Nikki Cross. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. And I would have done three-way that. three-way or something? Yeah. Or do a three-way, right? right. Like. I'm always Nikki Cross. That's always great advice. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, <laughs> I watched the R, uh, the RFP, the uh, um, WWE 365. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was good. Not to shit on anyone's story because you know you live your own thing and you deal with it how you how you do. I didn't think it was that captivating. She kept with it, which is admirable. But like, you had some setbacks. And Ronda Rousey's a bad wrestler, and so she kept hurting you. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks all the boxes. She was a professional fighter. She's just learning this. And I'm not saying she's Ronda's bad in the sense of like Nikki Bella bad or, or Brie Bella bad. It was just she was in less than a year and already put in this main event spot. So of course she might hurt some people here and there. And she hurt Alexa Bliss twice in a row. I, I guess I didn't get the emotional connection that I've read some other people did. I just felt like she went through some stuff that most girls go through that's about body image and things like that. And then her WWE career, she got hurt by a reckless newbie. And you got to wait sometimes to get that shit clear. Tell you what. Tell you what. I'm going to take Tom's advice and I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's not worth it. The Spanish announce table. Okay, I've called Kevin Owens the people's champ uh, gimmick here, but maybe I should give that to Ali. Is that the way we're going with this? Like, he's all talking about a name that sounds like your name, a guy that looks like you, talking about change. Is he like the Martin Luther King of the WWE here? What's going on here? I don't know. I'm interested, though. I really don't know. It sounds like 2009 Obama, but I don't know if this is going to be Bray Wyatt, you know, in a different wrinkle to that story. I have no idea. The other thing that's interesting about it is that we haven't seen it in the ring, right? Right. Body language can be, we can tell a heel and a face. If you're, if you've been watching wrestling for as long as we have, and for the listeners, you know, you've probably been watching it a long time as well. You could almost put a promo on mute and tell if that's a baby face or a heel in the ring, right? right. If they're cutting a promo. Well, with these promos, you can't tell anything. And so I guess I'm in a wait and see until we see him in the ring doing something because yeah it could go either way but either way i'm interested the spanish announce table my wife was gone this weekend so i played single dad i bust the kids around right soccer games shopping whatever they needed to do cleaned up the house did all that kind of stuff and then wondered how i ever 
uh, get by without somebody keeping me on the straight and narrow. Why was she out of town? Oh, she was doing a girl's trip, right? Her, you know, Aww. she's got those long time friends and they went to Rolla, Missouri. There's a, a lake out there and there's like a resort thing with, you know, they've got like slides into the lakes and you can pay for a weekend there and that kind of stuff. And they kind of hung out there and did that, right? A little getaway for them. Well, that is great. Fun fact, as we continue on with this episode, as the night goes on, we are recording this on July 3rd, 2019. Tomorrow is America's Independence Day. And as America's Independence Day comes closer, that means fireworks will get louder. So as this recording happens, if you hear more and more fireworks in the background, as I just heard two that startled me while you were talking, that is the reason, ladies and gentlemen. It's not gunshots? It is not gunshots. Well, it could be. You never know. It is Kansas City. Keep your head yeah. on a swivel. But that is interesting that your wife went on a girl's trip because my fiance today left for... Her bachelorette party going to Montreal, Canada, as a good American would leave the country on America's birthday. Jerk. So she is left, and I'm going to be single dog dad until Sunday. I empathize with you. Now, I don't have to take the dog shopping or anything, and I can leave, and the dog can stay here. Well, I guess your your kids are at the age where you can leave, and they can stay at home without. Oh, yes, right, yeah. Yeah, I still went and did comedy club stuff, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, so already six hours in, I've already decided like, nah, I can't do this by myself. This mm-hmm. is this is too much. What am I doing? And I have to go a couple more days. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, four more days of this. And have I'm you, six hours in and I've already wanted to quit. Have you already had to text her to ask her like how to do something or where something is or anything like that? No, but I've already done the like, hey, so how's it going? <laughs> yeah hey you having yeah. fun over there yeah. with your thing yeah. and all your yeah, real friends me. the people you really love instead of me now, we we already talked about this off air but she had some trouble traveling and so i was checking in on her troubling travels as it mm-hmm. is and so I, I did call her for that i was like hey is everything good do you need a ride here or a flight booked there or anything but then since then i was like yeah so so what are you guys doing now? And I need yeah. to stop that. That's that's horrible. Because the dog doesn't talk back. Man, here's a if I could do one thing in the world that yeah. isn't currently being done, I would I would give the ability to have dogs laugh. Wouldn't mm. that be great if dogs could laugh at jokes? Yeah, it would be. I don't want to talk to them because I don't want to hear their shit, right? Like, let me out, let me in, let me out, let me in. I don't want to hear that. But if I just tell like a good zinger, you know, like look at that. Uh sack of yogurt over yeah. there and the dog good, just giggles a good dog belly laugh now and then yeah like that's what i want anyhow that's separate thought um so what what else did you do while uh the better half as it oh, is you know uh, nothing was out of town yeah just this you know bust uh my son to his final rec league soccer game and then you know they won when does that. premier league start well he started practicing already i think the game start in early august sometime now so here's a question for for you about him in our current climate. So right now the women's soccer team is Ooh, yeah. the talk of the town, you know, as they say, uh, is he interested in that? Is he an Alex Morgan or Morgan fan? Like what, what's going on? Is he paying attention? Does he know the players? Is he wanting to, I he don't know, get a cards? 
he no. doesn't like he knows a lot more about stuff like soccer around the world that I don't know. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. seems a lot more on like he's in the YouTube generation, right? He doesn't watch TV at all other than YouTube plays in the background constantly pretty much and mm-hmm. it's random stuff. So he knows a lot more about soccer than I do internationally. Um but the US women's team, he's like I keep telling him like, "Hey, you know they won." He's like, "Oh, neat." But he hasn't really like checked in on him yet. He's still 12. Right, yeah. so he still kind of so got Megan that disconnect. Rapino isn't, yeah, mm-hmm. Megan Rapino isn't really hitting home as uh, a seventeen-year-old girl going through uh, the transitional period well, in her life would. Well, yeah, and he's just, I think, not really like he hasn't got into this level of the soccer. Right, it's been rec league. He's been yeah. in a thing where they focus on individual skills, so he hasn't gone into the whole team concept yet. And I tell you what, in his first practices, we're starting to see like, hey, you know, competition's going to be a little tougher here. Your mm-hmm. your teammates mm-hmm. are quicker. The stuff where yeah. you would just put it somewhere where you know you could beat somebody to that spot. That well, that's gone, right? So, yeah. Uh, my wife is making him now while we're doing this is watching the Sporting KC game as they take on one of the LA teams. I don't know, and they're going to watch that because she was like, you know, you ought to probably maybe start watching some of this stuff. You're gonna yeah, good. Mm-hmm. That's right. good. Yeah. What about you? Did you do anything else? Yeah. So Saturday night, uh, we saw Tom Segura at the Midland. New hour of material. Uh, if you were a fan or offended by his build a wall around Louisiana uh-huh. uh, bit, uh, he doubles down and he adds a state. So I'll, that's all I'll say. So if he comes into your area, definitely go check him out because it was very funny. And specifically speaking about the Midland, if you ever get a chance to come to Kansas City, go to some type of, of event in the Midland. It is beautiful. Everything, the architecture, the artwork, the seating is just beautiful. So it was really cool. And it's a great place for a stand-up comedy special. I, I don't know what they call them because it's not a special because it doesn't air anywhere, but it's an hour of comedy, essentially. It was perfect. And then uh, in a couple months, I think actually September, we're going to see Burt Kreischer there, his uh, best friend. They started a podcast. If you're looking for a new podcast, I definitely would recommend Two Bears, One Cave. It's Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. They just bullshit the entire time. Very funny. Uh, Non-wrestling related, but very funny. So yeah, saw him Saturday. And then the other big thing that we did is uh, we got to be adults. We've been adulting the last few days. So have you ever heard of a cash out refinance on your home? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing because our hope is that we will have a driveway and a two-car garage in our backyard. And that also includes the taking down of a shed, the removal of a huge tree in the backyard. So all of that process, we're doing a cash out refinance, which means... We need to have the home assessed by, I don't know, someone whose opinion matters, I guess. Assessor, yeah. Assessor, (laughs) yeah, whatever that means. Uh, So we were cleaning Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Even this morning before she left for the airport, we were still vacuuming this little area. So, oh, God. And then, you know, once you clean something, you don't want to mess it up again. So it's been like, stay out of that room. It's done. Stay out of that room. It's clean. Like, don't go back in there until Wednesday afternoon. So now I'm finally back in the house, but she's not here. So I feel weird. Like, it's a really super clean house, and I'm by myself with a psycho dog. And so, yeah, things just don't feel right. The Spanish announce table. Okay, the Rose Sonia Deville saga is slowly creeping along. Another one where maybe they started writing and went, "Oh, we didn't have seven weeks of this." Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I think everyone is intrigued, but because it could be something different. 
but I'm afraid it's going to be not. Billy and Chuck. No, I think it's going to be Billy and mm. Chuck get married again, where we're building to this, you know, love story that's untraditional in the eyes of the family viewer. But instead of getting the payoff, like Billy and Chuck actually getting married, we get swerved with something else. And so I think, yeah, this whole longing look at each other, this and this and this. The only thing that I think they may have a payoff is that Mandy Rose almost like looks at Sonya Deville and is like, you thought I was into you? No. And then it's a bully thing, but then, then you're bullying. No, I think, I think she figures it out, right? They never even talk about it being that it's gay, right? She figures it out that she's developing this thing, fosters it, uses it eventually that's discovered that she's using it and then she's like look i don't care that you're gay i'm just not into you and this is a cutthroat industry and you were protecting me you know like what do you want me to do that's a great storyline and they're doing it somewhat obviously not with the sexual overtones of this but it would be a different wrinkle in the alexa bliss nikki cross right right Where this is, Mandy develop. Mandy understands. Oh, Sonya likes me. Well, you mm-hmm. know what I'm going to do with that. Then I'm going to use her to protect me. Right. And then Sonya finally was like, "You jerk off. You were using me to just right. use you." Yeah. And then yeah. that's what. And Mandy's just like, I mean, why wouldn't I? It's a cutthroat yeah. industry. I had protection. I realized, like, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know you like like me. Like, I thought I really you liked me, but I didn't think it was that much. Right. right. Like just yeah, just and, play it off. Be like, sorry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And then the whole payoff is that's when Sonya Deville's like, all right, well, then put your hair up and square up. Because she's actually never said that, at least to the best of my knowledge. And so she could say that, and then that's where we get the match at fill-in-the-blank pay-per-view. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, so we're using The Miz. I guess maybe we're half-transitioning him out of the Shane McMahon thing because we're using the Elias to maybe do that. You know, we talked about Kevin Owens going to babyface, and, you know, he's a great heel. How will that go as a babyface? And we teased with that with Kevin Owens, and then we are like, no, nah, let's go back to heel. I feel the same way about Miz. Miz running out in his underwear and a Dallas is awesome shirt was very, right, you know, yeah. I don't know, like, it was easy. It was very lazy. Like, hey, this place is awesome. Next place is uh, Tulsa's awesome. It's like, I don't Tulsa think. Tulsa's awesome. Yeah, you know, I just think Miz is good. I think we had some bite with the Shane McMahon story, but I'm not into babyface Miz against Elias. Unless Miz is the best when he's like, I'm the Hollywood star. I do this. I have the number one show. He says that as a heel, but if he just says that as a baby face, I think it's, it's like cool. him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I liked the Miz even when he was a heel. I just knew he was the heel and I'm supposed to like, not do, like yeah. I always liked him. We can have him say all the things that he was saying as a heel, but then Elias gets the you know chair or the the uh, guitar shot on him, but Miz is still saying like, you know why I'm on Monday Night Raw? Because look at the ratings I bring in. I brought in Miz and Mrs. the number one show on USA. I bring in the Marine Thirteen or whatever we're number on. You know, like blah 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 blah, and do those passionate heel promos where you're like, God damn, Miz is actually fucking cool. But then 
in the ring, he can be the babyface. But outside of the ring, stop with the Dallas is awesome or the just pandering. It's pandering. And it's just it loses steam with me. At Katie First Lady on Twitter says, okay, what's with WWE's obsession with two out of three falls matches? Hashtag to the table since we're on this subject here. Uh, yeah, I can't. Why? I, I don't get it. It's so predictable. Just stop it. Just stop it. And then a final caveat in here. Also seen in the background of a Miz walk. This time was the buzzard. Well, so here's my thought on that. Because this is the second time on mm-hmm. The Miz. Right. Second time on The Miz. That the buzzard. So are we getting Bray Wyatt the witch, to suck the in? Right. So is this the, is, are we getting Bray Wyatt to go after Miz at his first time out? Maybe. That's where... Maybe we're just like you, you know, the Elias thing isn't hitting with anyone. Well, because it's not really supposed to. The thing, the entire, yeah, the thing the entire time was what was behind Miz, not what was in front of him. And then that's when the Funhouse can just engulf Miz. And Miz could do that role well, right? He's acted in movies, so he knows what to do in that Firefly Funhouse. And he can be a, he can be a, uh, you know, Joe Cool baby face in this weird world that Bray Wyatt has. It's relatable, right? Like, yeah, Miz looks like every mm-hmm. quarterback at the high school football team or college campus. And now he's in this fucking weird place with this guy that has dolls that sound like him and stuff. That's weird. Yeah, he could play the Alex Riley role of the funhouse. Yeah, and that would be weird. And so hopefully that's where they're going. Miz, Miz, if you're going to keep him baby face, but you do Miz in this world that he's never been a part of i'm into but doing the miz hey this town's great like the last town fuck off the spanish announce table the planet's champions thing is bothering me now i mean it's it, this is not helping either guy right rowan is not getting any advancement from this like he's not becoming more of a focal point of the character he's still just the muscle for daniel bryan so then why do we take daniel bryan out of a main like storyline prominence to just have this tag team thing in a division that doesn't really exist. And it's so just neither guy's getting any benefit from this. See, I think it's good. And this is why, because I read your comments on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. You can read Tim's thoughts on Raw and SmackDown. Very great articles. I shared them on my uh, social media. And again, Very great. They're Spanish. the best. They're the best. Yep. Very great. Very great. It's on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. I, I write the best like articles. It. Everybody knows this. I like it for this reason. They one the Daniel Bryan Planets Champions thing is just money to me, right? I've told you, and you, I think we agree. Like, I yes. still think he should be the champion. I think of he SmackDown. should be right. the Planets Champion with his muscle guy. But this yeah. tag team thing is just odd to me. But Kofi is catching fire, and he's doing good, and it's still it's still chugging along. He can and I'm still okay go with after it. somebody else, right? But. This is why I like the Planets Champions uh, storyline is because like you mentioned, and it was very uh, astute by you to bring up this observation, but the tag team division really doesn't exist. But we have to have tag team champions on SmackDown. So I think as we look back in, you know, six months, a year or something, they're yeah, they're going to be a great transitional champion to where. We need to flush out the new day, but we still need to establish heavy machinery. And then in that process, there's probably going to be some other teams that probably, you know, pop up. So while we're going through this growing phase, you know, these growing teams, 
They're the champs. We got Daniel Bryan can do his whole storyline and say his promos. That's where I think they're the most useful. And let's also not forget Daniel Bryan still isn't two years post clearance. So maybe singles matches isn't the best for his health. So let's do a tag match where he can wrestle seven minutes of a 14 minute match instead of 14 out of the 14 right. minute match. So yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. And then he can go back later after Kofi's run is over. He can go win a title, bring back the belt, the, yeah, the ethically sourced right. human, you know, earth friendly belt. Yeah. They need to do that with the tag titles. Yes. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Cause they're not planning they on doing been. this for a while. That's why. Yeah. The Spanish announce table. Tom. Tim. Did you also know that we have our own merchandise for sale? I did know that. Mm-hmm. I actually have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. And coming soon, once I get done with all these medical bills, thanks government and healthcare, I'm going to get me a coffee mug. Mm. A Spanish announce table coffee mug. Tom's so broke he can't even drink his coffee, folks. That's why you need to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and look for the link that says Merch Table up there. It'll take you to our Zazzle page. Zazzle. That's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, but it's just easy to go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net and click the link. And then there's all kinds of stuff. Man, there's shirts. There's a deck of cards. I think there's a flask, maybe? I don't, you know, I don't even remember. Coffee mugs, phone covers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats. Various designs. Any and everything you can think of, we got it. Click the link, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. So do it. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Spanish Announce Merch Table. Check it out. The Spanish Announce Table. Alistair Black. I lost a little bit of steam for when I keep thinking that you could have found out who was knocking at the door if you would have got up and answered it instead of grinning and laughing about it i think they they pulled the trigger a week early <laughs> right like they they like they went, all right this is gonna it. be awesome yeah and then they're like, uh-huh. oh wait a minute and like, when orton's grandma the- died and we gotta stall right yeah it's like they looked at the calendar like oh shit we misread <laughs> that fourth we thought- of july shit yeah we thought that this was the oh and then like he's like guys what do you want me to do now and they're like so we messed up we did the segment that we thought we were going to do next week, this week. So what we got to do is buy some time. So instead of just taking you off air and filling it with Finn Balor, we're going to put you yeah. back on air and just say, you weren't there. We, we hired these new interns and one of them fell in the hallway and they got the paper shuffled and we did this week's last week. So now we had to come up with something for this week. So you're going to say. But just as we've know. stated before, you know, we don't need to see everyone each week. If you don't have anything, just let the door knock sit for a week. Right. We didn't need to see it. We didn't need to see this. The Spanish announce table. Okay. We got Andrade and Apollo. And I just, I don't know what, like, I don't, there's no reason for me to care about either one of these guys. So there's really no reason for me to care about a match between either one of these guys. It felt like maybe they were trying to plant seeds for something about Apollo there. Maybe that's where maybe we'll get this Gable thing back that's been missing or something, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here with either of these guys. And it's also odd with the Andrade thing because, yeah, they've never said Selena Vega's his girl or anything. It's always been his manager. But we know he's with Charlotte now. Is, yeah. It, but, is, but is he traveling with his man? Like, it just it's an odd, weird thing going on now. I don't know. I agree. I think the only thing left until you come up with something new, like a holding pattern for Andrade and Zelina, 
is just do another right. So do another mixed tag with uh, Becky and Seth. So next week on Raw, Becky and Seth say like we were trying to have a match, but we were interrupted because of a pregnancy. But we still want to have a tune-up match before this Sunday. And then Zelina and Andrade can be like, you want a tune-up? Yep. These are the two best right here. Boom, we get a tune match. this. Right, yeah, right. something like that. Apollo Cruz, just hey, look, I'm gonna say something here. I don't mean it personal, but can we just fire him? Like, just go away. You're a waste of space. And it's not, you know, you do your flips, you do your stuff, but I just, I don't want you around. I don't want to see you anymore. And it's not like a personal thing. It's not the young bucks where I dislike the character or whatever. There's just nothing to him. All he has is smile and that's it. Yeah. And I don't feel like a, well, now I'm a bad guy. It's going to be any more entertaining. I just have that person in your social group who's not necessarily your friend right but he's you know friends with your friends and and is not an enemy or not somebody you don't know but he was just the quiet guy and you'd be like hey man you saw the game right and they'd be like yeah 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 like it was good yeah yeah man it's good yeah 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 hey, yeah you, he's you the, coming to the party yeah 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 he's like a boring Ooh. friend where <laughs> right. everything that you do has to be fun but then if you guys are in the room together you get on your phone and be like, I got to go do something else. But he's there when you go to the concert. He's there when it's a fun house party. He's there at the cookouts. And you say hi and you ask how he's been. And he gives you the quick little rundown and everything's fine and good. And then you just move on to the next person. He's just a he's just a space filler. But he looks great off the bus. You know what I mean? He looks amazing getting off the bus. But can we fire him? I hope so. I mean, but make them on Harlem Heat. The Spanish announce table. All right, it's time for your closing arguments, Tom. What's, uh, what'd you think? I thought it was a really good week of wrestling. I think the attitude of uh, wrestling Twitter, IWC, whatever we're going to call it, I think it was favorable towards WWE because of the Bischoff runs, SmackDown, Heyman runs Raw. And so people were kind of grading on a curve of what they were watching. But that being said, I enjoyed it knowing what I was watching. All Elite Wrestling was very, very good. Another really good show. This time it was free. So I thought that was amazing. And then, you know, as we mentioned, Anthony's in Evolve. And Evolve is going to be making their debut on the WWE Network. I haven't got word if he's on that card or not. So please, you know, I don't know yet. Don't at me, Uh, bro. But uh, Evolve in a couple weeks is going to make their debut on the WWE network. The first time a non WWE program officially will be live on the network. That's pretty crazy. So we got that to look forward to. We got a second week of Heyman raw Bischoff Smackdown. Uh, Although I think Fallen is coming up. Yeah. I think I heard Bischoff isn't really starting the role full time. Like in that end until after extreme rules, which might stand a reason he's probably, he probably had other commitments going on. He doesn't stay still much, that guy. That's true. But, yeah, I think you know we've mentioned a lot of really good stories. I don't think there's anything that I absolutely hate. I don't right. feel like I saw Roman Reigns this Except week. no way, Jose. So, well, an Undertaker. Yeah, um, yeah that sucked. Uh, but I'm Shane not McMahon. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus in on the great stuff. And so and I thought it was a good week. No IC title. And, and the Planets Champions, you know, being – I like that one, though. I like that one. But yeah, so my closing arguments are uh, positive and patient. If you guys 
remember that old phrase i'm positive and patient all right then we will uh, be positive and patiently wait until next week for episode 268 of the spanish announce table the spanish announce table